Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Lamar Hunt Jr. He's the president and owner of both the Kansas City Mavericks and the Loretto Companies, and a member of the founding family of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome, Lamar. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It has been such an exciting few years for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I know that we're all looking forward to the upcoming season as well. They've just been so much fun to watch, so much talent. But I think even more importantly, like sports teams can do, they've really brought the city together in so many ways. Oh, so true. I mean, one of the great things that I think and I reflect on it often is my dad's gratitude for the fans. When he went into the Hall of Fame, the the Pro Football Hall of Fame, back in, I think, 1972, he thanked the fans. That's the first thing he did because they sort of make it possible. He was always also very dedicated and loyal to the sponsors. It's been a great time for Chiefs fans. It's been a great time for Kansas City fans. I mean, goodness, if you think about the teams here that have won championships I include Sporting KC, the Kansas City Royals, and the Kansas City Chiefs, all within recent memory for sure. It brings people together, and I think people like relationship. We've been in a time where we've been sort of cut off from those relationships, but literally now it's great to be back engaged in, in sporting events, and I think it matters to people. Relationships matter to people, and friendships matter. Kansas City Mavericks hockey team is also gaining a very loyal fan following. Why did you decide to purchase the team? We purchased the Mavericks about six years ago, and and the reasoning behind it was we thought that hockey was a growing sport in Kansas City. There are a lot of youth players, a lot of adult players, and we had actually talked about bringing in another type of team, a AAA team, if you will. And what we did was we went out and just looked in independence at the team, the Mavericks. It turned out the team was for sale. So we struck a deal and and now we've been involved in it six years. And this is the 12th year of the team of the franchise in Kansas City, which is the longest stretch for any hockey franchise in Kansas City. And what appealed to us on a lot of levels was the support from the people of the independence area, obviously the government and everything out there, obviously how well the arena was run. And then uh, for me personally, the team was run very well. So we've enjoyed the last six years. We've got our season in this year. We're just plugging along. We do have very, very loyal diehard fans. Hockey fans are very much known for that. But we're also you know, trying to make inroads and make this known as Kansas City's hockey team, not just Eastern Jackson County or something like that. What is the fan experience like during a Mavericks game? The fan experience is intimate. And what I mean by that is we have great, great video boards uh, and and a great in-game experience. But also, and I think you find this a little bit more in minor league sports than you maybe would do in major league. Although I think players are accessible here in Kansas City for a lot of fans. The fans can get up close and personal to the players. They can get to know them. We've had an organization called the Fifth Line, uh, which are people that adopt the players. Right, right. Because the players are usually from, obviously, either from Canada or from the northern part of the United States. They're not many homegrown ones at this point. But what happens is they get close and personal with them and they get to know the fans and the families very, very well. And the players love it. And, that, you know, we we haven't had many of these events this year, but the players can interact with the fans after the game. They're skating 
programs and things like that after games. And then there's also, you know, autograph signing and things like that. So I think it allows the arena, the whole experience allows the fan for really feel to connect it to something, a part of something. How fun. I've never heard of that before. The player and fan experience played out in quite that way. And when the players do come into Kansas City, then they have a connection, a specific connection to the community other than their teammates. Absolutely. One of the things that got a lot of nationwide attention was that both the Chiefs and the Mavericks were leaders in getting fans back into stadiums safely. And they did that without having to shut down during the entire season. Why do you think the plans worked here when we saw so many other teams struggle to keep their schedules intact? I think like anything, there's an openness on both sides when you're, and I'll call it negotiating or discussing with people who are dealing with these venues that we want to have something. We need something. We need something for this community, but the businesses need it as well. The players need it. Everybody needs it. It's important. Working with the people who work in government, work for the county, these different positions, there was just a synergy that people were able to get together work through it, be safe, and handle all the restrictions and the concerns about COVID. And I think that was a tip to the hat to to all those people involved in that. I sat through a few of those meetings. They were mind-numbing at times. <laughs> Kudos, too, to the players for taking that seriously because, you know, we heard so much about some other parts of the country, some of the teams not really abiding by some of the restrictions, and they did get shut down. So kudos to the players, too, for taking that so seriously. Yeah, the the players had certain protocols uh, by the leagues in the the case of, uh, obviously, the Chiefs, the NFL, and then obviously in the case of the Mavericks players, the ECHL. And so they were drawn up. They were hammered out. Um, Obviously, you're dealing with a union there. And so there's safety. There's all sorts of concerns. But there was an eagerness for the players to get on the field and compete and do it in front of fans. And uh, the Mavericks were the first professional hockey team to take the ice on December 10th. To show your appreciation for the fans and and coming on out to the stadium, to the park during these times, you uh, had a fan appreciation day just recently. What we did is we said, look, let's find ways to just thank people. And so we had a company named Donutology make up donuts that said thank you. And we're we're telling people thank you as they leave the game. We're we're being very intentional with our sponsors of thanking them. So we're finding many different ways to thank them. We're also doing it with the hero of the game, which is usually a teacher. And there's Hope for Kids, which helps kids with special needs. So we're just trying to do little things to connect to the community to say thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting our team and coming out. It's a beautiful thing. Although most Kansas Cityans know you through your relationship with the Chiefs and the Mavericks, much of your focus is on philanthropy. That's what you're passionate about. What drives that passion? Why is giving so important to you? There's the line that says too much who's given much is expected. And I just not afraid to thank God for inspiring that in me and hopefully to its fullest. I read not too long ago, the word philanthropy is sort of like a sort of broad term. And the term I use more and more now is stewardship, that I've been entrusted with things. And those things can come and go, you know, businesses come and go, opportunities come and go, even, you know, resources and, and wealth and all those sorts of things come and go. But when they're in your hands, you're a steward and you've got to put them in the right place. And it isn't all about just spending it, of course, on yourself. I mean, we, we live beautiful lives, my wife and I and our children, but to find those vulnerable, needy folks in that area where we think we fit in. And I've also sought the advice of people who are 
at the time they're still older than I and wiser than I have. You know, when you when you had these resources, this this wealth, if you will, what do you do with it? How did you discern where to put everything? And I've gotten some great advice on sort of picking two or three things and working it very hard and being very loyal and dedicated and tenacious about it. I love the distinction that you make between philanthropy and stewardship, because a lot of times when people hear the word philanthropy, they do think about riches in terms of monetary wealth, and they don't associate it with them. But when you talk about stewardship, anybody can relate to that, because there's things in all of our lives that we can have gratitude for and that we are blessed with and that we can be stewards of. And so I, I love that distinction that you make there. Simple way to say it is is to say, show me your checkbook and show me your calendar. We don't need to overspend. We don't need to be overly busy. You know, being intentional. I think being intentional and discerning, thinking about things. Talk to us about some of the places where you focus those stewardship efforts. Well, what's been near and dear to our heart for the last decade is, is the world of Catholic education. The Catholic schools have a great infrastructure, a great school system. And we focus on some of those kids and families that are vulnerable. They want they want this type of education. They want a, not only an education, but they want to know something about God. They want that as part of their life. And so that's what a Catholic school or Christian schools do. And, and I think it's a beautiful gift to give to someone. And so we focus on those kids and, and, and generally those schools where, you know, they don't have the resources, maybe because of the location and or just because of who, who their customer is, so to speak. And so we've been involved in the Bright Futures Fund, we've Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joe, and we've helped some of the schools on the in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas, as well as the Catholic Education Foundation, which are two streams of where we can really know the money is being used wisely and, and going to the appropriate families. And you also have scholarships that you offer to these students, right? Yeah, they are scholarships. And we have done some capital gifts as well um, to improve some certain things about schools. It could be the air conditioning system or things like or having a decent air conditioning, heating and cooling system. But yeah, scholarships is at the root of it because that drives your enrollment. That drives really your teacher salaries. You don't want an overly crowded classroom, but you want your classrooms at good capacity so that you're reaching as many people as possible. And those teachers who are you know, generally sacrificing, whether it's public or private school, teachers are sacrificing to be there. They really are. The Loretto Companies is the overarching company that, I, I guess a way to look at it, it sits on top of the Loretto Foundation and then two other companies that are focused on real estate development and sports. So talk to us about how all three work together for the good of the community. Well, the real estate is like a development idea, hope, dream sometimes, but we try to invest in good pieces of property. And that can be anything from residential to commercial. And then we're also doing some investments in businesses. And then the sports obviously is just really the Mavericks hockey team. And then we have the foundation component, which is again, that stewardship component. So we, we want to grow a legitimate real estate company. We're doing that. I think one of the mottos that I've heard one of my son-in-laws say is, 
if I don't know the answer, I know somebody who does. Yes, especially in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, but but it's good advice because no one knows everything. And I think we try to do that sometimes. Uh, you know, we want to know everything and be everything. But really, it's better to, to rely on your attorney or your accountant or another developer who can give you some wisdom and advice um, and, and have those conversations. Again, those relationships. So the benefit of having all three organizations under one roof is to get the center among the relationships, among connections and, and the resources. Sure. It helps us sort of put us out there. And we're not that intentional necessary about being a, a known brand. That's not the point. The point is to really do things that are fair and good for the community and really focused on the more vulnerable folks out there. You're so well-rounded. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You're a flutist for the Kansas City Symphony. I don't know that everybody realizes that. A philanthropist, a steward. So obviously you're a man with many, many interests. At the end of the day, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, gosh. Um, that's an interesting question. I think that's a very good question. People want are, are concerned about things like legacies. I, I think I would, would want to be remembered for being a good husband, a good father, a good family person, and a, a member of the community who at times challenged people, but also was compassionate when, when the compassion was needed. And I, I think that's important. There are times when we do need to challenge people. I've seen it with my own children. I've also seen it in the world that we live in now. And it, it is hard. We don't always like to have difficult conversations and it's not easy for me, but I, I think at the end of the day, we want to be, I want to be known as someone who cared and was compassionate for people and tried to take in their perspective. You obviously invest in Kansas City on many levels from sporting teams to, as you say, the underserved. So quite a spectrum there. And your family has done this for many, many years. What do you see are the opportunities of Kansas City going forward? You know, I always remember what my dad said about capitalism is that every deal should be fair and that our, our goal is to create jobs that are of value for people. People want purpose and meaning each day of their life uh, and they want work that's purposeful and meaningful. And it's not necessarily about them, right? It's not that they don't want to necessarily be a, a shining star or be known or be written up in the Kansas City Business Journal, but they want good jobs so they can support their families. And that's where I see Kansas City being an example, really, to much of the United States, this pocket of just beautiful businesses, lots of wonderful people who really care. And we are known as a very, very philanthropic yes. <laughs> community. I'll use that word there. You know, we we reach out, we raise money for things, we go out and we help the homeless or or whatever it is, people with job training, and uh, we want to have a high literacy rate and all these sorts of things. They're going on all the time, and I'm amazed at the number of wonderful things I hear about all the time. And in some cases, we have been able to make a small gift towards. It's amazing in Kansas City. Kansas Cityans are very, very generous, that's for sure, and your family included. Lamar, thank you so much for being our guest today, for sharing a little bit of what drives you and what you're doing for the city. We really appreciate you and your family for that. Thank you, Kelly, and it's my privilege and honor to do it. Thank you very much. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Lamar Hunt Jr. for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. The Hunt family has invested heavily in our community for more than five decades. Since 1963, 
when business visionary Lamar Hunt moved his professional football team from Dallas to Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs, and more recently the Mavericks, are a major source of hometown pride, and both teams are regional economic drivers as well. The Hunt family has also contributed millions of dollars to community outreach efforts. As Lamar Hunt Jr. said in this episode, to whom much is given, much is expected. He has always felt the weight of responsibility that comes with being born into opportunity. And his goal is to give back to the communities that have meant so much to him and his family. We wish Lamar great success with the Kansas City Mavericks. I certainly enjoyed a recent outing there to see a game. It's a great family venue, and I look forward to returning to introduce other Kansas Cityans to this great community asset. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.